Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I am Jack. He is Frank, making my glorious return after an enjoyable Saturday evening where I was, let's just say, indisposed on sun on Sunday, which is why Frank, I felt bad. I was watching your your post game and you were like, yeah, you know, Jack, man, you might have the flu or something, and I'm just sitting there just like dehydrated. So that <laughs> <laughs> that's all that was. But I appreciate your concern. And uh, I was glad that you got so much engagement on our on the post game. It seems like people are starting to really kind of get into a groove with this Bears thing. And Frank, this is something I really wanted to mention, um, you know, and, and I'll keep it brief because we have a ton to talk about today in terms of trade. Oh, things happened today? Things, some things did happen. <laughs> did happen. Uh, but no, man, it was uh, this is what we've been asking for. It, just be fun. Be entertaining. Make me look forward to watching the Bears game, whether it's win or lose. And I got to be honest with you, I had a ton of fun on Sunday watching that game. Um, I saw some things of the future. I saw some things that, you know, were a little frustrating and kind of, you know, a little concerning. But I I just I love the way this team fights, man. It's so much. I mean, it's shades of 2018 where they were obviously a lot better than a lot of the people they were playing, which obviously is going to make you compete a little bit harder. But this team is not that team. They're just not that good in turn. They, they're not walking into stadiums being like, we're going to kick your ass. They're more like, listen, we we think we can beat anybody. And I, I texted you when they were down 21-7, and I said, here we go, Vikings game all over again. And it almost ended up happening. Uh, but then uh, David Montgomery decided to show that uh, he's – He's probably going to be playing elsewhere next year. But uh, no, Frank, I mean, Justin Fields, all positives for me. I mean, that was his best game by far, like even compared to last week in New England. I mean, he just his stats. I know that's like why everybody's so still. So you guys really think he's that good? Those stats would look a lot better if someone could catch the fucking ball. And Frank, they, they may have made a move to do that. So we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But. I got to be honest with you, man. I I just enjoyed that game. I enjoyed watching the Bears on Sunday. It was a fun time. That's all we've really been asking. And more than that, I truly believe the Bears have found their franchise quarterback. I don't know how you've gone this far into the season thinking they're getting Bryce. You know, they're they're drafting C.J. Stroud. Like, no, man, this is it. This is the future, right? Right here, right now. Let's go. Yeah, and I think to that, that just philosophically, that sort of um, mindset of like, well, if Justin Fields is bad, um, you know, or, or if, you know, there there is a chance that we can get a quarterback initially because th- these guys didn't draft him. And it's like, while that portion is true, you're also, um, I don't know what the right word is. You're, you're also almost like saying that this new young quarterback is just going to come in and have no hiccups. And it's, I, I think that's why me and you have tried to these last couple of years distinguish what is just normal for a young quarterback to be struggling with and what are some things that Justin himself has to clean up because he had just something that is you know not acceptable whether you're a young quarterback or a veteran quarterback. And I think we've done a good job describing that, but we're starting to see that young quarterback-ism, those things that, are, that were – he's that's starting to go away. Like he's starting to progress there and really show you that he's putting in the time watching the tape. He's, he's bettering himself. He's working with Getsy and the quarterback's coach to make himself better. And you're seeing that. I mean, this is like the third straight week that we said that was the best game he played this year. That's encouraging that that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, 
you're starting to see some positives in terms of of Darnell Mooney, right? We think that, you know, that chemistry seems to be developing a little bit better. Five catches, 70 yards. Obviously not, you know, not electric, you know, nothing, nothing to write home about. But damn, that was probably his best game here, too. Nikhil Harry getting involved. That was really, really fun to see. Um, I will say I kind of always go back to this concerning element with with Luke Getze in, in terms of his conservativeness and and his just he has these series every game it seems like where it's just like man what the hell are you doing like you call it you're calling such a great game between the 20s and then you get into the red zone and he starts doing pitch tosses he starts doing shovel like shovel <laughs> throws he just starts doing these weird plays and it's like man like make it easy for yourself um so, you know, I, a lot of ups and downs as well, just, you know, across the board, like I said, with David Montgomery, Cole Komet. I mean, come on, man. Like, why are you holding on that run where Justin Fields, the designed run where Justin Fields ran for like 30 yards? I thought that was a soft call, though, Jack. I thought it was soft. Yeah, but you can't, you can't give I, I, much, I, I, a, I get what you're saying. option to make that call. I, that being said, you know, obviously the up being he caught his first touchdown in two fucking years. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, there was definitely more positives than negatives on the offensive side. Defensive side, I, I can't imagine Matt Eberflus was too happy with uh, with his with his scheme and, and sort of his players and things like that. But. You know, I, I feel like he kind of understands where they're at now, especially with the two trades they made on defense. And let's just get into it now, Frank, because there, there's not much else I wanted to talk about from Dallas other than this last thing. Wasn't exactly the follow-up performance I was hoping to see against the New England, right? That was something I had talked about when I had picked the Bears to win the game against Dallas. I did not expect Dallas to just explode for 49 points against this defense. I thought this defense had been playing pretty well throughout the season. So that was uh, unexpected, but I was more than happy to see the Bears offense almost put up 30 points. Like that, that's very encouraging. They didn't just go out there and throw up, you know, seven points, 12 points, 15 points. They went out and scored touchdowns and and that was, and they, they kind of put the brakes on the Cowboys too. Um, You know, once the Cowboys started obviously getting back into it, but very encouraged as a bounce back performance after a very unexpected win. Um, I thought the offensive line actually held up pretty well against, against Dallas's pass rush. Um, I thought they right did tackle, too. right Reeve, clearly yeah, I, not I think, a starter, but, is but yeah, it's it's funny before these trades because that's what's going to dominate this episode. I did want to start introducing what we thought, you know, were the positions of need and, and maybe even get into some power rankings. We'll save that. Right tackle is clearly one of them. That, that, yeah. That's a huge need. I think it goes without being said. But I think a good segue into talking about the Roquan trade is look at what Dallas was doing on defense. You said it was it was disappointing, and, and it was what was happening. They just ran crossing patterns all fucking game because Roquan doesn't fit this system. No. He's never been good in coverage. He wasn't good in coverage with the Vic Fangio defense. He's a really good 3-4 inside linebacker. He's a, a probably elite Three four inside linebacker. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, a, a, a three four. And I I've had some people tell me like, well, I know you're happy because you hated Roquan. I never <laughs> said that. I never said that I hated him. We loved him in that Fangio scheme. The things that we've brought up is that this is a different scheme. And remember, we were wondering in the off season, is he going to play middle? Is he going to play outside? The fact that he was playing outside 
kind of shows you everything that they thought about him. Because And then you watch him in coverage athletically. He doesn't have it. Like his side-to-side speed. I don't know if these motorcycles are coming through my microphone right now. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like they're having a good time, but yeah. so are we. It, um, you're, you're good. But, um, you know, in that Fangio defense, everything was sort of kept in front of him. His coverage asks weren't much. You're also splitting a whole half of the field, sometimes more than that, because he, he would have Leonard Floyd in coverage as well. With the whole with the whole other inside linebacker, it was him and Danny Trevathan, and Trevathan was very good in coverage, if you remember. Yeah. Um, but now in this scheme, he's being asked to be Lance Briggs. He didn't yeah. have the side to side speed that Lance Briggs did. He's probably faster straight line speed, but that's been exposed more and more throughout this year, and even a little bit last year. He didn't have the greatest year last year. He had a good year, but it wasn't what we saw in 2018 and 2019 from Roquan Smith. Um, so people have this really weird like, oh, because you know, you wanted to see him traded like you hate him. I think there's a multitude of reasons why we wanted him traded. One, he's not worth the money that he's demanding. Two, he doesn't fit this scheme, like not even close to fit this scheme. He wasn't and, drafted and, and, for this scheme. He, no, he, he wasn't. wasn't. Drafted. And, but, but at least not an outside linebacker. The, the one sort of reservation I have there is I do wish they played him in the middle, even in the preseason, to see what it would have looked like. But they didn't. So we don't know what that, what that would ever be. Um, but I think the last portion is he's kind of, and maybe this is a smaller portion, but these last four years, he's been a bit of a diva at, at a position that doesn't win you ball games like wide receiver and quarterback do and an offensive line and even defensive line and even cornerback. There, there are other positions that are much more important than a non-pass rushing linebacker in this league. I mean, we're talking about his rookie year. He h- holds out. And these contracts are pretty set in stone. Who, who I still don't really know what he held out for. If it was a little more guaranteed money or some sort of clause in the contract, because he doesn't have an agent, he's just sort of free balling it. And then this year he's in there. And then the whole like Saint Omni thing that was happening. I mean, it's been a little weird with Roquan. Yeah, it just wouldn't surprise me if he came out and thought the Earth was flat. Is all I'm saying. Um, but regardless. We got so much value out of a expiring contract, essentially, in a position that it doesn't impact games, you know, uh, it, the way it, it used to, the way it used to. And we got a second and a fifth. Yeah, let's, let's really good value. Let's go over that real quick. Uh, the Bears traded Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for a second round pick for next year, a fifth round pick for next year. And then AJ Klein, who I, I believe was I believe he was uh I think he played I think he had like a late hit on Mitch Trubisky or something like that when he played for the Saints it was was something it was something like that I I remember this guy's name um but uh yeah good yeah I mean look Frank I'm gonna read you some because because the number one stat I I saw people touching on when they were talking about why it was a bad decision for the Bears to trade Roquan why they didn't understand why they did it well he's leading the league in combined tackles and that's true. He has 83 combined tackles, which is one more than the next guy. But I'm going to read you some guys, some names from defenses that are right below him. C.J. Mosley of the Jets. Zaire Franklin of the Colts. Foye Olukun, sorry, uh, from the Jaguars. Jordan Brooks of the Seahawks, Divine Diablo of the Raiders, Rashawn Evans of the Titans, Bobby Okereke of the Colts, and Miles Jack of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
one of those teams, one two of those teams, I should say, have a, have a above 500 record right now, and that's the Jets and the Seahawks and the Titans. Sorry, Rashawn Evans is, is on, on the Titans as well. Linebackers don't matter, man. They don't. They just don't matter. Especially like you said, one that isn't rushing the pass. Yes, he had two and a half sacks. Um, but that was more of a cover. Those are more coverage sacks. Yes, he has interceptions, but those were kind of like tip balls that he just <laughs> sort of was in the right place at the right time. He's a fine player. He's a he's a good player. Um, and and Ryan Poles put it simply: we offered him a deal. He didn't like it. There wasn't a lot of middle ground we felt we could cover in the offseason, so we got what we could. And I think that was great proactivity from this front office, and it's not something that we're used to seeing with the Bears, you know, in terms of them always seeming to be sort of a step late. Um, Like, they let Allen Robinson go for nothing, right? They just didn't do anything with that when you and I thought, trade him now, get something. Um, They also traded... Uh, they, they traded Robert Quinn for a fourth round pick. I don't know if we talked about that. I think that happened right after the podcast last week. I, I think don't it did. Yeah. Think that, don't think we had time to talk about that. So they traded him to the Eagles. People were upset about that for some reason. Like, oh, they only got a fourth. Man, he's like 33 with one sack this year. Like, what <laughs> What more do you want? Fourth round pick, that's, that's very good value. And then, you know, just to sort of put everything into a bow – the Bears today used that second round pick from Roquan Smith to get Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they basically and they didn't use the pick they got for Roquan. It was their pick, which not as thrilled about, not as happy. But honestly, what the fuck ever, man, if you can get Justin Fields, a legit NFL wide receiver for a second round pick, you have to do it especially with all the shit we've been giving Ryan Poles about not drafting George Pickens or Alec Pierce in the second round. I think that's good value. I don't, I don't love the trade in terms of just value wise. I didn't, I I'm a little surprised Chase Claypool cost that much just based off the last couple of years in terms of numbers that he's put up, but he's 24. He's a big bodied receiver. He's very fast. I think this could be a really, really good addition to this wide receiver group and and make Justin Fields' life a little bit easier. So in terms of do I think Chase Claypool is a better player or equal value to Roquan Smith in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. But with context, I think Chase Claypool makes more sense for this team than Roquan Smith does moving forward. Yeah. um, The... Again, even you qualifying that is something that I disagree with. Unless we're moving to a three-four anytime soon, I don't. In the grand scheme of things, I don't think Roquan. You know what I mean? Like he's just not a better player in this system. Um, Now, if I think he will go and have more success in Baltimore because they still run a three-four. Like they're like he's going to have immense success there. Um, But I think uh, you know people are caught up. One with the Bears pick, it's going to be a difference of like five to ten places. So it's not the biggest of deals. But you're also talking about a guy who's on his rookie deal and he has a contract through 2023. Um, and that like the, the the really really good receivers, the elite receivers, as of the last few years, have been taken in the first round. 
granted, I like George Pickens and I like Alec Pierce, guys who I both wanted to be on the Bears. But let's just go over the list really quick um, of second round picks from this last draft. And I mean, who who would we want over Chase Claypool? Christian Watson, maybe. I, he hasn't looked good. And, and if you remember, Jack, when we did our wide receiver rankings, I thought he had the lowest floor out of the top 10 that we ranked. Wandale Robinson, no. John Mechie, no. Tyquan Thornton, absolutely not. George Pickens, maybe. They've looked kind of like similar players in that system, so that does a pick them. Alec Pierce, maybe. I think he has a higher ceiling, but then that's it. And then Sky Moore, probably not. So, like, because then if you go into the first round, that's the elite talent. We, we didn't, like, people are acting like we chose Chase Claypool over, like, a stud first round pick. And it's like, no, we, and first of all, we have another second, we have fourth. So if we want to move up into the second to grab something, like we have a lot of flexibility here. Um, and I think the overarching thing that people don't understand is, you know, let's just say at the end of the day, Ryan Poles fails. Let's say four years from now, we're looking for a new GM, looking for a whole new regime or whatever. Okay. But he at the very least understands the modern NFL. This is what allocating resources from defense to offense looks like. Point blank, period. It just is what it is. Because, again, and it's not to rag on Roquan, but everyone acting like, oh, well, we're just throwing the season. What impact was he making this year on wins anyway? He had one really good game. He had one great game. And all the rest of them were either bad or disappointing. And I know people are sort of iffy with PFF, but... I think there's one stat, whether you want to take the exact numbers or not, but I think it's still telling because I think it does paint a picture. They put out a stat where he had the most A-plus graded plays over the last like four years, and he's had the most F graded plays on over the last four years. So that means he was either making extremely good plays or extremely bad plays, and there was no consistency in his play. And I think we've seen that over the last couple of years. And again, with him not re-signing for us to recoup a second, and a fifth, and then just a, a warm body at linebacker for the rest of the year. Um, and then go out and get someone who's put up, like, this is this is what's bothering me as well. All of a sudden, people are, like, rewriting what Chase Claypool has done with yeah. the Steelers. The one time he had a quarterback who was still really good, well, at least for 14 weeks before his arm just was shot. If you remember, they were undefeated. That They were, like, 12-0 and 0 that year, his rookie year. He had 10 touchdowns that season. And then it just seemed like... Um, Ben Roethlisberger lost his arm and that carried into the next season, but he's had at least 800 yards every year. And he's been, he's on pace for that again. Now that's not like astronomical, but when you look at the struggles of that offense, he was producing and he got 10 touchdowns this rookie year. I don't remember. I I know he he, uh, dropped drastically last year, but like, look at his skill set. He like, people are looking at separation and looking at this and that's never been his game. He's a 50, 50 go up and get it type of guy. And I know people like, the, it seemed like the rational Steelers fans who were going on the Bears subreddit and sort of like being, they were just like, look, the the biggest complaint is that he doesn't always use his body. Like he needs to realize he's 250, like in 6'4 sometimes. <laughs> but that's his strength. Like when he does do it, he's elite at it. And it's, it's you know, the system just was sort of drawing him back. And it maybe it's not even just as much of a system as the Steelers are always going to draft second and third round receivers. That's just what they do. So they're going to cycle them in and out. Right. Um and this is what happens when you have a surplus of receivers. They still have a really good receiver room in Pittsburgh. Um, but now they have another second round pick to continue to build because it's clear they're not winning anything this year. Um, yeah. So and- I mean, pe- people freaking out about this are, are being really weird. 
And and you look at Frank, you know, obviously I think something that played into this decision as well to make this move uh, is you look at the 2023 free agents, the wide receiver group. I mean, it's just it's it's bleak to say the least. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, Mac Hollins, Al Mazard, Noah Brown, Zacchaeus, Paris Campbell, Marvin Jones, Randall Cobb. Like, I'd rather have Chase Claypool than all of these guys. I mean, you can maybe argue Juju, but, you know, I, 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 Juju's been fine. He's had a, lot, a good last couple of weeks, obviously. But, I mean, these, these guys are unproven, right? Paris Campbell, I mean, he's an intriguing player, but he's not going to – he doesn't move the needle that much, right? Like, so there's not that many options. You know, there's a lot – good chance that the Chiefs maybe tag Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Or, or the Patriots re-sign Jacoby Myers, right? Like, there's – free agency isn't a guarantee. So if you, if any of those names that I said that where you're like, well, you know, I'd be interested in in me, Cole Hardman, or, you know, maybe the bears taking a chance on Juju Smith Schuster or Jacoby Myers. There's no guarantee that they're going to be there. So what I like is that Ryan Poles thought, listen, we have an an opportunity to get a guy who's maybe not in a very good uh, situation and hasn't been for the last couple of years when he's taking passes from guys who just aren't very good and let's put him in a situation where he's going to get a ton of volume. And what I like about this move most, Frank, is that it's going to lengthen that depth for the Bears, right? It, it's something you and I have been really looking for um, in terms of, you know, the talks of maybe getting DJ Moore or Elijah Moore. It, it pushes everybody else down a spot other than maybe Darnell Mooney, right? Now it's Darnell Mooney in the slot. You have Chase Claypool on the outside. Nikhil Harry is probably your other outside receiver right now. Dante Pettis. And then, of course, my favorite player, Nivellis, man, I don't know. He might he might be running back. He might be he might need to be be. playing a little running back because you you made a really good comparison. He might just be Cordero Patterson 2.0 because he's coming from Tennessee. Same thing. Very fast. Good punt returner. Good kick returner. But he's had some issues with drops, and that's really limited his ceiling in terms of how he impacts the offense. So they're going to have to get creative with him because when he has the ball, Frank, I mean, he's you can you can see why Ryan Poles was intrigued with this dude. But you got to remember, I mean, he is obviously a little bit older of a of a prospect, if you will. So how much ceiling is like how much better is he going to be moving forward? I, I don't really know exactly what that will look like. Um, but again, I'm I'm not mad with the decision to get Chase Claypool. I think this makes your offense better. And and what makes me ha- most happy, Frank, is Chase Claypool being traded to the Bears. Ryan Pohl's going to get a receiver using draft capital, high draft capital. It's a clear investment in Justin Fields. It stops all of those bullshit questions you and I had been had been talking about for the beginning of the season where it's like, does this coaching staff, does this front office really trust Justin Fields? Do they buy into it? Yeah, they fucking do. All right. This is it. They're they're seeing what they can do when they max out his not ceiling. They're not going to max it out with Jake's Claypool, but they're giving him opportunities to show more. And I think that's great. And they're really going to invest in Justin Fields, and I think that's awesome. No, I totally agree, and that was going to be my point, is I think this signifies 
you know, polls believing in him, loving what he's seeing and saying, you know what, we need to get him help. Um, because this year we're probably, again, we're probably not a playoff team, but this year matters in his development. So let's, right. for the, the second half of the season, get him someone who's better than pretty much everyone that we have outside of maybe Mooney. But I, I think Chase Claypool goes into that receiver room and he's the best receiver that we have. That's not saying much. We don't have the greatest receiver room, but I do think he's the wide receiver one on this team. He's the only one, maybe Harry, but, uh, you know, he, I, I, I think he, he, he's not all that great, but Claypool is the only guy that really fits like fits an X mold. And he hasn't like, he, I'm not saying he is a wide receiver one in the league, but for what we need, he's perfect for it. And this is an opportunity for him. He hasn't been in the league with him being the best receiver. He's Oh, it's always been a little crowded in Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson has been the guy there. This is a chance to really prove that. And I think I put out a poll on our Twitter and I gave three options. I said, now that we've had time to, sort of digest this, what do we think about the trade? It was love it, hate it, or like it, but we paid too much. There's only two options that have been picked so far. It's been love it or like it, but we paid too much. I think those are the only realistic options to take. I don't get how you can hate this move. Um, Because even if, and I'm inclined to say maybe a two was a little bit too much for Chase Claypool, but philosophically, I'm okay with overpaying when you know you have your guy at quarterback. Ryan Poles knows he has his guy at quarterback. Now it's time to support him. You don't think there were people in the offseason saying, well, what the Dolphins gave up was way too much to get Tyreek Hill. Look how that's paying off. Right. That probably, because on paper, that probably was too much, but you have to overpay to get talent. Yeah. And, and not for nothing, you think about, well, you know, now that they may not need to allocate money towards the free agent spot, right? You think about where can they spend some other money, right? Maybe, you know, I, I, not saying that I would necessarily love this move, but I think it could be a potential good fit. Mike Jasicki, you know, get a solid tight end who can obviously be a red zone threat. As long as you're not paying top dollar for for Mike Jasicki, I'm just, you know. Oh, I know no, no, no. I didn't make that face from. because of that. I made um, that face because I do think it's time to move on from Cole Komet. It's just this episode isn't the time to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get to disappointments in a, <laughs> at some point down the road. But um, I just think. And maybe not even necessarily replacing Cole Komet. I would look at it more as upgrading from Ryan Griffin, even. You're just maybe adding some more yeah. potential threats. Yeah. Um, you can sign a center. Mitch Morse, Connor McGovern, Jason well, Jason Kelsey's probably not going anywhere. But, um, you know, you can get a center to maybe replace or draft a center, right, in the, in the first round. Now you don't necessarily need to get a first-round wide receiver or, or even a second-round wide receiver, right? You can – I would still love that. But maybe, you know, maybe their plan was, all right, let's get a right tackle in the first round. And then with their second round pick, we'll get, you know, we'll draft a receiver. Well, now they have Chase Claypool. So how does that change things? Hey, first round, you know what? We really like Quentin Johnson from TCU or or Keyshawn, Keyshawn Booty from LSU. And they're like, all right, let's fuck it. Let's get him. Let's let's get this wide receiver group will spend money in free agency or will draft in the second round. Jack Conklin is, is a right tackle is an unrestricted free agent. He's really good. Mike McGlinchey out of, out of San Francisco. Like there's, there's this, this gives you more options. It, it just does. It gives you a better way to plan as opposed to hanging on to a second round pick. It's, it's granted. I, I, you know, I'm glad I was excited when they had multiple seconds. That's great. 
But there's also just the randomness. You just don't know what is going to happen in the NFL draft. Having a guy, a proven NFL player, you know, you know, and, and we'll see what he does the rest of the season. But there's just now you can sort of plan a little bit better in terms of what you want to do. And, and I think it's just a little more clarity because clearly this wide receiver group they have right now just was not getting the job done. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens when Byron Pringle comes back. Can he give you something? Can he give you anything? You know, so there's still questions, but I agree with you. I don't know how you can hate this move. I really don't. Yeah. Again, I think you can think it's an overpay and that's okay. Cause I, I think it is probably a tad bit of an overpay, but then also thinking he also, he had a different, he had another market. We have no idea what the other um, offers were. So, I mean, it's the same. You think about the way we run dynasties and things. If I get an offer and I'm negotiating with someone else, I'll bring that offer and say, hey, this is what I can you top this? This yeah. is what they offered me. I mean, it's human nature. You're not going to keep things secret. That's how you work. These guys, this is a select few of 32 people. They're not trying to like fuck each other over in any way. Well, maybe some people are. John Lynch seems to not care about relationships. But um, you get what I'm saying. Like, they, they didn't just blindly offer a second and it was accepted like he had a, a market for him um <clears throat> i think people around the league have been impressed with him as a player since his rookie year like they, they know he can play but again I, people get people sort of confuse fantasy and what's actually happening watch him play he's a very good player stop looking at box scores stop looking at fantasy game logs that doesn't matter to GMs. They're not looking, you think they're going to fucking Mike Florio and, and, and seeing what he thinks about Chase Claypool? No. Because not for nothing, he's also a really good blocker. And and I know they value that in their wide receivers as well in the run game. Yeah. Yeah. And and not for nothing, Frank. We I mean it, we we would we, we should address the elephant in the room as well. Josina Anderson tweeted out the Packers were first in line to get Chase Claypool this morning. They were the overall favorites. And Ryan Poles probably heard that and thought, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Give him a second. We have to give him a second. Let's just get this done. And I, I, I kind of love that. I kind of hope that was Ryan Poles' mentality. He heard that his in-division rivals were trying to get a good player to help make their team better. And he said, you know what? No, I want to make my team better. And he went out there and 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 kind of kind of sweep the leg and and stole Chase Claypool from them. And I think it's just it's very interesting to me to see. Uh, I'm not not naming. I know it's going to sound like I'm I'm talking about a specific group or or certain people. I'm not. I'm just saying overall from what I've seen from Packers fans on social media. It is very interesting to see how they were like, oh, we need Chase Claypool. We need Chase Claypool. Uh, we need help. We need receivers. And then the Bears get him and they're like, well, he sucks. He's terrible. He's just of a run course. blocker, which is just it's just that's just, just funny to me. So um, I, I just thought I that was worth mentioning. I, but I, I also I will say and, and I think these are my sort of last thoughts on the matter, specifically with Claypool. He played with Big Ben when Big Ben had a little bit of juice left in him in his rookie year. Big Ben is really good at extending plays or he was. So he has that sort of experience that, you know, to a specific skill set that Justin Fields has as well. Um, whereas I don't like you watch everybody else, including Darnell Mooney. They, they're not they don't seem to be very good at that. So, like, I know people, the critique still is like, well, it doesn't look like his eyes are upfield. 
And sometimes they're not, but when they are, it looks like all the other receivers are like still running the route instead of trying to get open with him on the run and like running with him. Or they're, or they're blocking when they shouldn't be blocking or they shouldn't be yeah. blocking or they're not blocking when they should be blocking. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the overarching thing, man, I, I love how transparent Ryan Poles is. Yeah. That, that has been, uh, again, agree with him. Some people are still mad about Roquan. I, and I try not to do this, Jack. I really don't because I feel like it makes me sound like I'm trying to sound like superior to other people. But if you hated the Roquan trade, I don't think you know football very much. Like, is, that, is that fair to say? Or, or at least you don't know this situation. Like you're looking at stats. You're look, like you haven't really watched him this year because he's been exposed a lot in the run game and in the pass game in this scheme. It's not to say he's bad. He's not a good fit for this scheme. Yeah. Um, but the, the fact that he's, you know, immediately after the trade request in the offseason or, or in the preseason speaks to the media about what, ha- what what's happening because he's not going to allow anyone to tell the story for him. Ro- Roquan tried to do the whole, well, the McCaskies are going to be have to be the one to get. And he was like, no, fuck that. This is what happened. And then as soon as he trades him, he gets up on the presser and he says, look, we gave him an offer. He didn't accept it. We thought it was fair. It's not. And then I, I didn't get this. I only saw like tidbits from tweets and such. But I would also be I would also wonder as he continued to talk to the media, like if someone asked him, like, well, what did you think about him in this scheme? Like, did that sort of play into the reason? And I guarantee you he'd be honest about it because anyone with eyes can see he did not fit the scheme. Everyone talks about tackles. Look how far in like and these are six, seven yards behind the line of script or beyond the line of scrimmage when he's getting these tackles. He's still a good blitzer. He's made some good blitzes uh, that, that I can't take away from him. The couple of sacks that he's had, the tackles for losses, but ta- tackles don't mean anything. So like pe- people who are upset about that, I think are, are, Again, I, I hate that it comes across that way, but I just don't think they know football very much. Um, but it's just, again, agree or disagree with what Poles is doing. He is being very honest and he's being transparent from the jump. Like that that to me, and maybe this is just the low bar that other GMs have set before him, but that's going to leave us no gray area if he does fail and we have to move on from him in five years or four years, whatever it is. Because he's telling you his plan and he's executing it. It, dude. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because he still has a lot of building to do. There's a lot of holes here. It reminds me of Theo Epstein early on with the Cubs. It, it just does. With, with the way he's handling the media, with the way he's being transparent versus like this weird secrecy of I'm not going to speak and I can't let anyone know my train of thought. Dude, we're, like everyone knows we're rebuilding. Everyone know, But you can find teams that you, you can also help and they will help you. That's how this works. But we've had these regimes, coaching staff, you know, front office and otherwise who want to keep things secret. It's not how it works. Think of what Theo Epstein did. And what was it? What, when did he take over 2012 or 2011, whatever it was. Yeah. And he was like, no, yeah. we, this is what we, we're going to build from the ground up. We're going to get prospects. That's exactly what he did. He traded all his old guys, got prospects, continued to get prospects and, and develop them. And then started to make big flat bops splashes in free agency. And he's not just falling in love with, well, I guess they're not technically his own guys. We haven't seen that yet. You know, I guess that's that's a fair point to make. We haven't seen him, you know, move on from a, a guy like Velas Jones or or Kyler Gordon. Or, I'm, I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying he should. No, I'm I know. Just saying I know. He hasn't really had enough time to establish his own guys, especially from this offseason. So that's something I still kind of want to see um, if he's any different, right? If he's one of those guys who's a little too stubborn to admit that he made a mistake. Um, you know, some of the signings too, right? They're, you know, with, not saying Dozier was a bad signing, but like you, you kind of, he, he was unfortunately hurt, but like Lucas Patrick, 
Um, you know, he's been good, but he's been hurt at the same time. Um, and and I agree. I think it is a little refreshing to to see sort of. I mean, you go from Ryan, like, let's just say it like it is. Ryan Pace didn't talk at all, right? Especially in the last parts of his tenure here. And it was very frustrating because it was just so unclear about what this team was trying to do. Are they trying to win? Are they trying to build? Especially last year when it just made no goddamn sense what they were doing. Now we kind of have an understanding of, okay, Ryan Poles wasn't saying it was a rebuild because he hadn't blown the thing up yet. <laughs> now now we're kind of there, right, with Robert Quinn. Finally, we expected him to be gone for, I think, since the offseason, really. Um, and then Roquan Smith, right? We, you and I had a – I think what just makes me feel better, and, and then we can kind of get to our, our picks for week nine, Frank. What makes me feel better is everything he has done has made sense, right? Everything he's done has made sense to me, to you. I don't know to most Bears fans how they feel. I know a lot of people just turn on the game on Sunday, see they're losing – they, they know of Roquan Smith, you know, they know of the bigger name players, but maybe they aren't really watching, you know, maybe they don't follow teams as closely as we do. And that's totally fine. You enjoy the product how you want to enjoy it. Um, but don't be mad if, you know, if Roquan Smith is gone, if you don't fully understand what's happening. I, I'm just, you know, try and look at it from or, or listen to our perspective. And hopefully this helps some people understand why you and I aren't upset about Roquan Smith getting traded. Um, but I mean, really, you look at it. We, we asked him to trade Khalil Mack. What does he do? He trades Khalil Mack. He, what do we, we, he, we want him to trade uh, Robert Quinn. What does he do? He trades Robert Quinn. You and I didn't see a path forward with Roquan Smith after he asks for a trade and, you know, talks about the McCaskies needing to step in. And what does he do? He trades Roquan Smith. We ask him to get Justin Fields a wide receiver. Took him a little time. But what does he do? He goes out and trades for a wide receiver. Like, he's doing things. Tevin Jenkins at right guard. It's something you and I had kind of been a little bit curious about to see, right, before the season. We saw it. And he's and it's worked out pretty pretty goddamn well. You know, I asked him to get Khalil Herbert, you know, see if they can get Khalil Herbert more involved. And they do. Like, everything the Bears have done so far this season has made sense. I, I think no, that's I, the best way to say it. And that's why I feel really good about where they're going. I agree. And, and that's that's what gives me the Theo Epstein vibes. It's like there's a feels like there's a clear plan here mm-hmm. because even think like this is something that and I, I brought this up before, but I think it's um you know, it, it's good to bring it up again. The one thing that Olden Krutz would say was things aren't going to change here until it changes at the top, whether that means a GM with a good plan or a front office with a good plan um, or ownership change or something, because he would always he would always talk about when they had a top five defense in the league. They clearly needed help on offense. And what do they do? Sign Julius Peppers. Was it a bad signing? No, because he was in a, he's Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer, and he helped that defense immensely, but that defense didn't need help. And you think about what Ryan Pace did. We already have Khalil Mack, who at the time was still playing very well at a very high level. And the offense clearly needs help. All we really had was Allen Robinson. And, then, I mean, Taylor Gabriel was okay. Uh, Burton was hurt. We, he was, you know, at that point done. And what do we do? We signed Robert Quinn. <laughs> to a huge deal. And it's like, 
what 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 ex- exactly is your plan here? You you got an offensive head coach who was supposed to be this offensive. We wanted to go down that road, but we, we got an offensive coach, and you continue to feed this defense. Yeah. But like what what exactly? But again, just like you said, it's very clear to me that Ryan Poles has a plan. And, and again, maybe this is my fallback mechanism. Maybe this is me like protecting myself from getting hurt. <laughs> but I feel like if worse comes to worse, at the very least, we're not in that weird scenario that we have always been in. Is it the offensive coordinator or is it Jay Cutler or is it the head coach or is it Jerry Angelo or is it Ryan Pace or is it Matt Nagy or is it Mitch Trubisky? We're going to know point blank, especially if they're bad, what went wrong and when when it went wrong. But if they're good, I think we can also point to look at the plan that he, you know, that uh, he institutionalized and he carried through with. So it's like we're at least going to have clear direction of everything. And that's what makes me feel good. Yeah, I, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head in terms of exactly where we're at. Right. Like this is just they're, they're in a good space. You understand what they're doing, right? They're looking to figure out what they have in Justin Fields, right? Then, and he hired guy. He hired. It, it seems like it's been eight games. They're three and five. I understand that. It seems like he has hired the right people to do the right things. Matt Eberflus brings him in. Matt Eberflus brings in Luke Getze. What does Luke Getze do? Everything Bears fans were screaming <laughs> at their TV for Matt Nagy to do last year with Justin Fields. And he is, I mean, like he, I'm, I'm not going to say he's there yet, but you, you're starting to really see Luke Getze understand Justin Fields and what he can do and what he can't do right now. And I think we're going to start to see what he can do a little bit more now that he has a wide receiver who can actually catch the goddamn football. So that's it. That's where the bears are at right now. They traded Roquan Smith. They they traded Robert Quinn. They traded for chase Claypool. And then last thing, Frank, we should mention for next year. I think it's next year. The bears will not be on WBBM 780 and 105.9 FM. They will now be on ESPN 1000 moving forward. Oh, so nice. I didn't hear, note, I didn't hear that. A little programming note for you. Nice. Jackie, I do. Before we get into the, the, the preview and, and the picks and everything, I will say one last thing about all of this. Um, even for people who think it's maybe an overpay. And again, I think I'm, I lean towards that, but I'm OK. It's not a negative thing to me. That, that goes to what you said about polls having faith in fields. I think fields is the guy. So let's overpay a little to get him talent around him. Um, that said, no one's going to give a fuck if Chase Claypool is really good. I'm not saying he has to go out and be the wide receiver one because I think they're going to still invest in this position. But get back to being the 7 to 10 touchdown guy, 800 to 1,000 yards, and no one will care. That That's all he has to do is play. He just has to play well. And no one will care about the second-round pick. It's not going to matter. Like that—that's what it comes down to here. If he plays like this, is going to be a trade, realistically, and I know it's unfair, but it is what it is. That hindsight is going to matter here, because one thing that Paul said is that he's using foresight. He looked at the free agents, he looked at probably some prospects at this point, and he's like, "What's going to be there in the second round, uh, or at least what we think is going to be there? I, I don't really like it. I like Claypool way better than all these guys. And if he winds up being good, no one's going to give a damn. But if he doesn't," We may be looking at that pick and saying, wow, so-and-so was still on the board or this guy was still on the board. You know what I mean? So 
it, it's really up to Chase Claypool and, and Justin Fields to a, a big degree as well to make this thing right, to make this a good trade. And and one thing to that, one thing to that, just disclaimer, please do not expect Chase Claypool to go for 100 yards and two touchdowns next week. But just don't don't expect it to happen, right? They're, they're still going to be building chemistry. He has to learn the playbook. He he might not he might get 15 to 20 snaps just in total right like he'll get some run but the, he's going to have some time to adjust to really learning exactly what he's going to be doing in this offense so i'm just saying temper expectations for this week and we'll see sort of how it it goes then we can kind of get an idea for what he will look, really look like in this offense. I, I will say with that, Jack, that brought up a thought that I've had a couple of times, and it just sort of gone by the wayside as our conversations happen. That is somewhat of a worry to me, generally speaking, because we saw it with um, we saw it with Tevin Jenkins, with the weird rotational stuff. We saw it with now Nikhil Harry, who was healthy. We saw it with Bellis Jones once he got healthy. It seems like this coaching staff and maybe it's for health reasons that we just don't really know about. So, it, but if that's not the case, that's been a little weird to me. Like, I, I don't know what, like, they, like, ease people in yeah, a little yeah, too do. much. But they then do. I'm looking around the league, and it's like, oh, this guy's healthy, and he just went for a buck 50 and two touches. Like, I, I, you know, it. I guess pessimistic me says – is this offense maybe a little too hard to pick up? You know, like it's not just some somewhere where you can plug someone in. And it's like where it's, I do feel like other offenses around the league. I mean, look at Miami's offense, new head coach, new weapons, a quarterback that is like a game manager type. And they're fucking balling. Like <laughs> they had the same amount of time to prepare as we granted. They have better weapons. I'm just saying like these weapons are performing immediately. There was no, like, we're going to ease Tyreek in. He went for 200 on opening night or whatever the hell it was. Like, so that's the one thing I I do want to see Claypool. I'm not saying 102 touches, but like, let's get him in. Get him 95% of the reps. Who the fuck is better than him? I don't care if he didn't know all the playbooks. Simplify it for him. Draw it on the fucking football if you have to. Like, yeah, like get, I mean, get him in here and let him play. Uh, I, I I do agree that I think they, they are a little more cautious in terms of getting people involved. You and I had been wondering the kind of what the plan with Nikhil Harry was, because I mean, he's only seen... I think three targets and in two games so far. So it's like, what's what's going on there. But on the other hand, you look at their injury report report each week and it's like nobody. So it's, it's very interesting that the bears have been keeping people healthy. So, I, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, you know, maybe it is one of those things where it takes a little bit longer, but towards the end of the year, it's really starts clicking. And I think we're kind of starting to see that with them dropping back to back 30 plus points, you know? So, yep. It's a good. It's a great thought. It's a great thought process. Um, it might just be a little bit different in philosophy, right? It, it's Mike McDaniel has his way of doing things. He can implement that because he's the head coach. Whereas maybe maybe Luke Getzey does want to get things going a little bit more. But Matt Eberflus is kind of like, let listen, let's let's take it slow. Let's make sure everyone knows their assignment, um, and and we'll kind of go from there. But do you think um, Eberflus like gets the new guys or the healthy guys, like recently healthy guys, in a room and like? recite the 10 principles of the hits philosophy and oh, if they don't have them oh, memorized that's probably that it. might be it honestly he he might be a memorize, memorization guy he might be like listen you want to play this week come into the office but it's like it's principle let's go but it's like out of order it's like it's you know it's easy to memorize like what's what's oh, number yeah eight, yeah he's like got to recite number right yeah what's what's t 1.9 give it to me that's and what he's i'm like, saying fuck all right let me hit the 
Let me go back, coach. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into our, our week nine picks here. God damn, Frank, already past the halfway mark for this season. That's that's honestly insane to me. It is. Um, Thursday night football, uh, Philadelphia at Houston. Jeez, uh, Houston. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Frank. Hold, I, I want to say something real quick. I feel bad for Davis Mills because, uh. I mean, I know people like to shit on him and everything, and, and some of it's deserved. But he has less weapons than the bear than than Justin Fields does. I mean, he's got well, he has, nothing. He has there. the best weapon out of everyone. Brandon Cooks is a really good receiver. I agree. They pissed him off though. They did. He wanted done. to be traded yeah, bad. He's, he's he's done. He's done there. But they. I mean, they got they got nothing else. I mean, Damian Pierce is a good player. But I mean, that's just such a Lovey Smith team. It's just so awesome. It is. It's just it such is. a Lovey Smith team. Uh, speak, but with that being said, I am obviously going with Philadelphia in this one. I'm going with Philly as well, even on a short week. I mean, they're they're a fucking powerhouse, dude. And again, but it, and I, I'm not going to do this for every game. Jalen Hurts is another example. And I'm not saying Claypool is A.J. Brown. Wide receivers are multipliers to offenses. You get your good young quarterback weapons, it's going to make them either better than they are or elevate their ceiling. Because, again, I don't think two was that good of a quarterback. But look at his fucking weapons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, AJ, I, hopefully the Bears, maybe Chase Claypool will be will be the Bears. AJ Brown. If, if we can get a half of what that man is doing, he is a fucking menace. Just snatching really three. Have you seen the Titans' offense? They, they just I thought, have. you know what? We but you know that. what? I, I, you know, I need to admit when I'm wrong. I never said AJ Brown was bad. That was not. I did think he was a little overrated going into the season. He's proved me completely wrong. This yeah, fucking guy. Yeah, you were guy, never really a big AJ Brown guy. Even but I, I, I was never. I, I was never like he's a bum type of guy. No, I, no, I no, think no. I, I, think I, got, I think I got caught up in the Titans' offense. They like relied a lot on him. Um, to it was less like route running and less like 50 50 balls it was more like let's get the ball in his hands and let him run after the catch right. like that's fine but do you want that out of your wide receiver one he's broken that mold his i mean he's shown his route running ability he's shown his 50 50 catch ball ability he has been phenomenal in this offense he's, he's been really good the one thing i'll ask of jalen hurts is please stop Please stop taking all the rushing touchdowns. Help out your your guy Miles Sanders a little, a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. Is that a, is that a fantasy take? That's a fantasy take. I have <laughs> Damian. I hate I hate Thursday night football so goddamn much. It's always I do so too. random. And I have two guys going Damian Pierce versus Miles Sanders. So we'll see if uh, if that if that gives me anything. I don't know. But uh, Indianapolis at New England, Frank. Uh, Man, the Colts just in free fall right now with trading uh, Naeem Hines. Not that Naeem Hines, like they signed him to that contract, and I never understood why Frank Reich is out here firing in his offensive coordinator looking like Matt Nagy. <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, they're starting Sam Ellinger. Like, they lost to the Washington Commanders on just a terrible, terrible final drive. Um, it's just a mess in Indianapolis. I'm going New England regardless of who's plays quarterback. Who knows what's going on there? I, I have no clue. Both of these teams are strange to me. I'm going New England, though. Bill, Bill Belichick at home. Come on. I'm going New England as well. If Matt Ryan was starting, I, I know he hasn't been great, but he, I mean, come on. Sam Ellinger is not Dude, people, even close. People in Indy are, are thrilled. 
to have said, I mean, they're talking about how he's the best quarterback from that draft class, which is the 2021 draft class, because <laughs> he's got a hundred passer rate. They scored 16 points, guys. Come on, settle, settle down. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Bill is going to do his thing, and I think they win by two scores. Yeah, and and this is starting to. I, I think we're starting to see that hierarchy of 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 coaching the coaching carousel kind of opening it up, and I think Indianapolis is probably going to be one. Agreed. Uh, Green Bay at Detroit uh, again. Green Bay just lucking in with their schedule, man. Like it, it's starting to bother me. They 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 have they played anybody this season that's any good besides the Buffalo Bills who they lost to. I mean, come I, on. I mean, but listen, Jack, I, I don't even know if we can say that, though, because they lost four straight Giants, Jets, Washington, and then Buffalo's the good team. But even as they're catching teams in bad spots, they're losing. They're not a good football team. I'm going I'm going Green Bay, though. I'm, I'm going, going Green Bay, Bay as well, because the, the Lions are a worse team. Let's make no mistake. I'm shocked. I'm shocked by that, by the way, uh, that, that the Lions are bad. I, I you couldn't find me saying it all in the offseason that the Lions were going to be bad. You can't. Prove me wrong. Uh, they obviously traded. They had a big trade themselves, moving T.J. Hawkinson to to the Minnesota Vikings. That's a weird in division trade. It was, but it's I from a philosophical standpoint, I thought that was really strange. He's a young tight end who's already like probably a top ten at least tight end. You guys are rebuilding. What what is the plan? I don't know. It's it, weird. I thought it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're a weird team who do weird things. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a, it's a simple way to say it. Uh, the chargers are in Atlanta, Frank. I actually struggled with this one a little bit. I, I thought I knew exactly what I was going to do. And then I was like, ah, all right, no, I'm still going chargers, but Falcons, man, they're, they're, they're fun. They're fun. They're an entertaining team. I are an entertaining team for sure. Listen, I'm going with the Falcons, baby. Yeah, I know, First place I know. in the NFC South. Best team in that division by far. I think they take it. I, and I also, this is one of the games that the Chargers just find a way to lose. Oh, I almost yeah. guarantee they're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going with them just based off the fact they're coming off a bye, a bye week. So I, I think right there, they're coming off a bye. Am I, am I making that up? You are not. They are coming off a bye. Okay, perfect. Um, so they should be rested up. Maybe they'll get, maybe Keenan Allen will decide to play. I don't know exactly what his situation is, but, uh, we'll see. We'll hey, see. But hey, uh, I, I'm curious. You were talking about the coaching trees opening up. This may be a game. If the Chargers lose this, Brandon Staley may lose his job right after the game. He's on thin ice. He Fuck should be. Off. He should be. He should Pal. Be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, Buffalo at the jets. Uh, I'm going Buffalo. No questions asked. I'm going Buffalo as well, dude. I kind of feel bad that the jets have already won five games. Cause I think that that fan base has come to the conclusion that I came during the NFL draft and that Zach Wilson just is not the dude. He had some bad misses. He I had just, some I, bad misses. But, but again, Jack, we've, I think with Justin Fields, again, we've differentiated like what this is, what are like normal mistakes from, rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks in general and mistakes that he's made. Like, but then with that, you're sort of able to siphon of like, okay, just look at the talent. Look at his talent that he, with his legs, with his arm. I don't see, I didn't see it during the, the draft process either with Zach Wilson. He has a strong arm, but like he doesn't have touch on his throws. He doesn't throw with anticipation, which is normal for a rookie quarterback. I have, but like 
He doesn't do anything that like jumps out of the sc- jumps off the screen. Take away Justin's arm, amputate it right now. His legs jump off the screen. Like he didn't even need to throw the ball for you to say like this kid does something special on a football field. Yeah. For the number two overall pick, you need that. You need something to jump off. What has it ever? I hate that I'm picking on him, but I it's it's I, I'm telling you, I need a thirty for thirty about that NFL draft. How the fuck did he climb draft boards that that fast? Doesn't he kind of remind you of Mitch a little bit he, in terms he, of the prospect type? Like he might have a better arm than Mitch. Don't get me wrong, and he's definitely not as athletic I think Mitch as was Mitch. More at- but he's a guy who you didn't really hear about until the draft process really, you know, not even the draft process, the end of the college football season really got started when people are starting to take a look at what quarterbacks are available. Um, You see the, the, I mean, the big numbers he's putting up, not that Mitch was really putting up big numbers, but whatever. Um, But the context got lost with Zach Wilson, right? And and he ended up being a guy that a lot of experts hung their hats on for some reason, even though, he was he wasn't playing anybody at BYU. Yeah. Like it's something we've talked about multiple yeah. times. Um, yeah, I mean, it, he's just I don't. It, it, it's not one of those things where it's like where you and I were kind of like, all right, well, we need to see it for Mitch prove that he's bad. I think I think Zach's already there. I think he's proven he's bad, and I think he's just not the right fit. And they need well, to draft a quarterback. But but especially because they loaded up on offense, they got him those weapons. Yeah, and those yeah. weapons are pissed. Yeah, like they and, and especially because they got a taste of seeing what a quarterback granted a, a dinosaur, but they were pretty happy with Joe Flacco in the lineup. Like they were getting their their numbers. So very interesting to see moving forward. Yeah, get get Garrett Wilson the, the football because that that dude is just wow. Uh, Minnesota at Washington, uh, nice little revenge game for Kirk Cousins coming home coming home to Washington. Frank, um, I'm going Minnesota. They're they're the best team in the NFC North. They're they're I I, I don't think they'll do anything in the play. They kind of remind me, Frank, of of the Titans, right? Like you know they're gonna be there. You know they're gonna be in the playoffs. But you're kind of just like, eh, eh. That's fair. Are you going? Who, who you take? Oh, I I I my, my, I meant to agree with you. Yes, I'm going with I'm going with Minnesota. In your mind, I, you were like, it's not even a question. Of course, I'm. Going. Yeah, it's. I mean, the 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 Commanders. Oh, the Commanders are sneakily on a little three game winning streak here. They still have looked horrible throughout that winning streak, though. Well, they've beat they the Bears and the Colts, so that doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, and Green Bay. <laughs> and so. Green Bay. That was a fun win for them. Uh, Carolina at Cincinnati. Uh, man. Cincinnati. I, I did not think Jamar Chase would make that much of a difference, but they got their asses kicked in Cleveland last night. That was very surprising to me. Um, Carolina has looked, I mean, like a real team, like a real team out there without without Christian McCaffrey. It's very strange what's happening. Uh, but I'm that being said, I, I I'm going Cincinnati. I can't in good faith pick against my boy Joey B. Yeah, th- this this feels like a comeback game for the Bengals. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I'm curious to see what the hell they're going to do because they're not, they're without chase for another, at least five weeks. So they got to do something. Yeah, they got to. That is true. They do have to do something. We'll see what that is. Uh, the Raiders are in Jacksonville, uh, Frank, which I mean, man, these, these two teams probably are, are up there in terms of most disappointing. I would say probably this year, right? I agree. Yep. Um, 
Shit, this is a tough one for me. I'm going to go – I've picked both of these teams to win multiple times, and I've been wrong almost every single time. But I'm going to go Jacksonville. I'm going Jacksonville at home. They they can they, – you know, Calvin Ridley can cheer them on from, from – I, I don't know if he can be on the sidelines, to be honest. Maybe he can call them and, and talk to them over the phone or something like that. But uh, I, I'm going to go Jacksonville. I'm, I'm going Jacksonville. Fuck it. I'm going Jacksonville. Oh, I'm I'm going Raiders and I don't feel good about it. I, I'm I'm genuinely curious though. I don't know if it's gonna be a one and done with uh Las Vegas' coach. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. But they had to have they had to have thought that this is gonna be a better year. I mean the, the same thing with uh with the Broncos and, and and Nathaniel Hackett. Like I'm not saying you fire both of these guys after one year, but Fuck! You got to reassess something. You, you, they, this year was meant to be a competing year for the Raiders. And granted, they had the excuse early of, well, it's you know they lost three games by a combined fifteen points. Okay, but now you're starting to fall apart here. Yeah. You, you can't score zero points against the Saints. The Saints had a bad defense going into that game. They they, they played very well that, but you know that game. But Jesus, without Marshawn Lattimore too. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, it's, you, 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 that that can't happen. You can't score zero points in, in a game where. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't the the Raiders coming off of a bye? Right? Weren't they coming off the? No. No, yeah. they weren't. No, they had just beat. Um, who did they beat the week before? No, the Raiders were on a bye week six. So yeah, they they had beaten regardless, Houston. Regardless, they and then, well, they beat Houston, and then they had a, a moral victory against Kansas City. They lost by one point. Like they played really well against Kansas City. Yeah, well, they had those close games, and then just all of a sudden they, they goose egg against yeah. the Saints. It's just it was very weird to see that. So um, we will save Miami for and Chicago uh, for last, as we typically do. Seattle at Arizona. Frankie, give me the goat. Give me the goat coach, the guy I I absolutely owe an apology to. I think Pete we Carroll. both do. Holy shit, man! This. T- I don't get it. I do not understand what Geno Smith is doing. I don't understand how he's doing it. But this team is fun. They're enjoyable to watch. I'm going Seattle all day over Arizona. I'm going Seattle as well. It's you know the thing that's that's like shocking to me about Geno. I like understand how a guy in the league for this long being able to like sit back and really observe and learn and get better that way. Totally understand that part. Where you get like you go from maybe good backup to like fringe starter. I, I could see it. I've never seen Gino look this good in college or in the pros at like just from a physical standpoint, like what the hell, what, how, what workouts have you been doing that just completely changed the way you play football? Just like physical talent, because I didn't see this in your draft process. I didn't see this when you were on the jets and the one start that you had with the giants. Like he looks like a really fucking good quarterback, man. He's dropping dimes too. It's not like dimes. he's just throwing, you know, nothing. He's, He's 32, man. It's it's quite the change. It's it's pretty impressive, honestly. And I, I, I whoever the offensive coordinator is for for the Seahawks should be first in line for the next coaching job because he's I mean he's wrong. he's doing a phenomenal job with that. You're team. not wrong. I mean, you know what's going to be interesting though? They're going to extend Geno this offseason. I think. What does his contract look like? Yeah, I mean, you almost have to like it, it, they may draft a quarterback, sure. Um, I think they'd be remiss not to. But now you don't have to start your rookie right away, right? Yeah. Like 
it's it's pretty insane to think I about. I mean, they may not though, Jack. They I, fuck. They they're gonna win nine, ten games. They're not gonna be in a prime position to draft one. That's a good point. So you yeah, may be in a unique exactly situation in though. Spot. He's not gonna get Kyler Murray money. He's not gonna get Josh Allen money. I think you're in a really unique situation here, where you have a quarterback for probably the next three to five years, and you're not like going crazy with the cap. You can still build around him because he's not going to command all this other money. Like he's the, almost like, like Alex Smith. He's almost like yeah, Alex Smith. That's a fucking perfect comparison. Yeah. That's it's, it's going to be interesting, man. It's wild. It's I mean, wild. What's he, Pete's going to be 80 next year. So I don't know what the fuck. I, I don't know what his future looks like, he's but as long forever. as he's still kicking, baby, <laughs> he may die on the sideline. He's just, he's not going to give it up. If, 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 if neither of the, or, or if the bears don't make the playoffs, which I don't assume they will. And there's a team I will be rooting for this year. I can't believe I'm saying this. I would genuinely be rooting for Seattle to win the Super Bowl. I'm not mad at it. I mean, I, I would enjoy like seeing Philly win because I like Jalen Hurts as a player. I think that that'd be a cool thing to happen. But just to see Pete Carroll like absolutely just put his stamp on the on, on the NFL one last time. I think that I, I like I said, I can't believe I'm saying this because. In the offseason, I was all my high horse. I'm like, this dude should have been fired. He fucking sucks. They're <laughs> terrible. And he's yeah. just proven. He's just it's it's, it's crazy. Uh, the Rams are in Tampa Bay, Frank. Uh, that's your game of the week, I believe. Yes, game of the week. That's an ugly fucking game. Uh, I, I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. They're coming off the bye. Their bye week. I'm for sure confident in that. That they just had their bye week. Uh, nope, they didn't. Two no, weeks they just lost to San Francisco. They lost to San Francisco. God damn, I'm so bad with these bye weeks, apparently. But that being said, I'm still going to go Rams because the Buccaneers just that they just don't look right. Something just doesn't look right. Yeah, that, and that's why I'm going with the Rams as well. But it's it's also tough because they don't look right either. I know. They look I know. horrible. I know. This is going to be, dude, this is going to be, this is going to be like a 15 to 12 game, 16 to 17. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be much offense here. Hey, yeah. but if you drafted Allen Robinson in the fourth, you got way better value uh, than getting Cooper Cup in the first. So <laughs> start him in all fantasy leagues. Oh, fired. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tennessee at Kansas City is your Sunday night game for some strange reason. Um, I mean, I'm I'm obviously going Kansas City, right? There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm going Casey as one. You used the Titans as an example earlier. Um, these are the games that like expose them as like, yeah, you're really not those guys when it's time to really step it up. Like what, like they don't really beat the elite teams. They're very good at beating the bad and the average teams because they're better than them. But when it's time to tick it up a notch. I mean, that was the Lovey Smith bears for years. That's all. Yes, correct. That's exactly what they did. Couldn't beat the good team. But maybe. What what if what what if the Titans go into Kansas City and win this game? What the hell was that? I I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, even if they do, if they're, they're one of those teams that you got to prove it to me in the playoffs. It'd be a good win for them this year. But we if you know, Malik Willis starts, I'm going. I, I mean, it's I'm going Chiefs either way. But if Malik Willis starts, <laughs> you're talking like a three score win by the Chiefs. Yeah, it 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 could get ugly real fast. Uh. Your Monday night game, for some reason, is Baltimore at New Orleans. Uh, I'm going Baltimore. But, man, like, Lamar, come on, man. Like, 
step it up a little bit here. I, I, I you, you played a little better. You played a little bit better, right, against Buccaneers. I didn't turn the ball over, which was great, right? But they're running out of receiving options very quickly. I mean, Isaiah likely looked pretty solid um, as, a, as a nice little replacement for Mark Andrews when he got hurt. Rashad Bateman is hurt once again. Um, they're running out of weapons, but I just don't, I can't trust the, the, the Saints. I just, yeah, I don't trust them. I'm, go, I'm going Ravens. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going Ravens. Um, I also think this is a matchup which, they may not need Lamar to do a ton. I think they can play clock control and run the ball really well. Um, but I can't wait for Roquan Smith to have a sack and an interception and Bears Nation to go fucking bullet and say, see, what the fuck, man? We traded for, and did like a cherry on top would be Claypool like fumbling yeah. as well. Yeah. Just to see Twitter go up in flames. Bears Twitter go up it, in flames. Make it even better. I agree. I think that'd be hilarious. The bye week teams real quick, Denver, San Francisco, Dallas, Giants, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. So Half of according, my fucking fantasy lineups was, are just was, in shambles. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> plan accordingly for your fantasy team there. Um, but, yeah, Miami, Frank, coming to Chicago. Uh, you know what? This could be the most entertaining game of the week. Out of, out of all of the games that we had listed, top to bottom, this could by far be the most fun game of the week to watch overall. And I hope it is because the Bears defense – Man, they ain't stopping shit this week. <laughs> you thought they were banned last week? They're getting at least 60 dropped on them, no doubt about that. Because Mike McDaniel is, is, you know, talk about how he looks all you want, but that little goofy man is going to be – he, he steps on next, brother. And that's that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> I, I, I think he presents himself to the media a little bit goofy. There's been some sideline clips that I'm like, you know what, he's not – yeah. The nerd that I thought he was. There was a clip last week, um, or from last week, I should say. I think there were f- some false starts or offsides, something like that happening. And he just fucking death glares the coordinator. If it was offense or defense, and he was like, get this fucking shit cleaned up. And I was like, oh shit, like this guy commands a room. Cause like that, that was honestly my worry. It was never about like his grasp right. on offense. Just hearing him talk about offense, you can tell he has a huge grasp on play design, play calling, everything that goes into an offense. He's damn near a genius in that department. But there has to be a level of humanness to command a room as a head coach. And I, I worried about that. But when I see things like that, a guy my size, he's about 5'8", a buck 50. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a big dude. And I'm like, he's he's got it. And you're right. He steps on next. He, if they're up three scores, he wants to go up four scores. If they're yeah. up four scores, they, he wants to go up five scores. He he does not, and, and that's a sign of a good head coach. Who else does that? Bill Belichick, and that's about it. Even like Andy Reid gets conservative sometimes. Right, right, and and you know I, I go back to that question. Right, you're always going to wonder about other coaches that were hired in the same cycle that your team hired coaches in. Right, Matty Rufloos, Mike McDaniel, Brian Dable, as we talked about with the Giants, though they came a little more back down to earth last week. Um, but you wonder, right? You, you kind of wonder what Mike McDaniel would do with with Justin Fields. But then you also remember that he also has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Moore with a serviceable quarterback in Tua, who has been played much better than I thought he would. To be fair, to be yeah. fair to Tua, um, even, but even comparing really quick, comparing uh, those situations, we were never going to be in position to get Tyreek Hill because we didn't have the capital to do so. So like. You know, even if he came here, I don't know how much different it, it would look. Maybe philosophically, the offense looks different because uh, he's 
probably a better play caller and, and just offensive guy over Luke Getze as it stands. But to get the weapon, I, we, we didn't have we didn't have that. Um, the Dolphins had 15 first round picks because the Texans were fucking idiots and traded for who was it? Laramie Tunsil and gave them yeah, like four need, first. They needed, they needed that left <laughs> tackle. They needed him. I mean, look what he's doing. Look what they're doing now. With Laramie Tunsil. It's yeah, that's bad management. Um, but Frank, I'm going Miami full disclosure in this game. Cause I just don't think the bears defense is going to be able to stop Miami's offense whatsoever. Um, what are some things we're looking for, right? I, I think this is going to be another good opportunity. The Dolphins are, they're, they're in a weird place because they're, in some aspects, they're good. They're, they're a good defense, right? They have some good pass route. Jalen Phillips is, that was a really good pick for them. He's, he's looked really, really good. Xavier Howard is obviously a very good corner. Um, their pass rush is pretty solid. But they've also given up a lot of points to, to teams that they really shouldn't be getting scored on like that. So I'm, I'm in this weird place where it's like I, I kind of expect the Bears offense to more or less keep up with what the Dolphins are able to do offensively. Maybe not to the, you know, 60, 50, 60 point range that they might end up dropping, but they may be a, they should be able to control at least somewhat of their drives get downfield and, and potentially punch things in like this should not be a super stout, t- t- tough, difficult test for Justin Fields in this offense, especially with the way that they've looked running the ball these last couple of weeks. So that's kind of my expectations. What about you? Same. I mean, it's just, it's just in, to continue to build what this offense is doing. Um, Justin Fields to continue to make those strides. Uh, this could be a game where the box score tells you a little something because I J- Justin could go for 250 plus because just like you said this defense isn't that good but the thing is I don't think we can come anywhere close in a firefight so it, it may wind up looking similar to the Dallas game where either we get down early or we're sticking with them but they they pull apart eventually like it, it, they're going to separate themselves because we just don't have the firepower to do that just yet I also don't think um we, like that's been the other encouraging thing like looking at the Dallas game we didn't stick with the run. Like we started to actually, as we were down two scores, start to play, you know, fight fire with fire a little bit, but that's also going to leave you open to getting torched like that sometimes. And that's okay. And this may be one of those things because you, you could play clock control and lose a de- lose to Dallas by eight instead of what was it? Uh, 21 or whatever it was. 20, yeah, 20. But it's like, what, what good does that do? That doesn't do you anything. Let Justin continue to get these reps and let the offense continue to develop. We may see that this week as well. And it's funny because I had a friend who is very high on Roquan Smith. And he I, he's, he says he listens to the podcast uh, you know, every now and then as well. Um, he was just like, fuck, man, I can't believe we traded Roquan. Like, the defense is going to fall apart. And I was like, as opposed to what? Like, what, what, if, <laughs> what have we been doing this year? We just gave up 50 to Dallas. Like, yeah. so I, but I, I say that to say, like, I think people, if Miami has a really big game and puts up 30 or 40 plus, people are going to be like, see, we shouldn't have traded Roquan, but it's like he wouldn't have made a difference because he didn't at all this year outside no, of one he, game. I, did, am I making up the missed tackles that he had on Tony Pollard where he just didn't stop him? He just missed on the tackle. Like, come on, man. Like, Listen, the time I knew, the time I knew it was over with was when, was it uh, was it Taylor Heineke? Who, who was the quarterback that just fucking leveled him? It was yeah, Heineke, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Taylor. Uh it wasn't Carson Wentz, was it? Did we? Oh, it was. It we, was Carson, Carson Wentz. It was Carson week. Wentz. That's yeah. even fucking yeah. worse. Yeah. Because yeah, at least Carson. Taylor Heineke is like a blue jeans. 
You know what I mean? Natty ice drinker type of thing. Like he has the little country toughness to him. I just make completely made that up in my head, but I just feels that way. Carson Wentz is, is like a frantic quarterback that just fucking labeled him. That was when I knew Jack. Well, I, I, I distinctly remember when that happened. You, you texted me and you said, trade him. <laughs> I, I think, I think that was exactly what happened. Well, I knew day. it before then, but it was easy video evidence to say, look, yeah, he's not yeah, that you guy. Should, yeah. You know what? You know what, Frank, you should find that video and just post it on our social and direct, you know, just, just comment under <laughs> your post, your, your poll that you posted with that video of him just getting fucking floored by Carson Wentz. Uh, and just say, hey, just keep this in mind. You know, Frank, I, I think my big X factor for this week is going to be equanimous St. Brown. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. Uh, you know, I would love to see Cole Komet build on his on his touchdown performance from last week. Just continue to to put it in the end zone. I, I There's a chance the Bears win this game. I don't think it's very high. I'm obviously not picking them to win. But I think we're at the point in the season and this is sort of going back to our watch guide. I want to see this offense continue. Please don't just drop like a 10-point game after showing progress the last couple of weeks. Just keep it going. I'm not asking for 45 points. I'm not asking for 30 either. I, I would love 30 points, but start establishing what fans should expect from this offense. Right. Like I feel like it's still so kind of random when they score 30 or score, you know, 15. Like there's too much in between. Give us a baseline for what Bears fans should expect from this offense. And and then we can sort of build off of that. Obviously, I'd love to see Chase Claypool just absolutely fucking dominate this week. I'm just, again, temper expectations. It's it, it might not happen week one, but. You know, one week obviously isn't going to determine how good a trade is. So um, we'll kind of see what happens there. But uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Bear With Us podcast. Frank, this has been a ton of fun. We're in November now. Uh, 2020 is almost over. We'll be at Thanksgiving before you know it. Um, So we'll just enjoy the ride and see what happens with Justin Fields and this offense. But until next week, Frankie, I'll talk to you then, man. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody.